Hi, I'm Levi Taylor. And I'm Jordan Dubois. Welcome, Welcome to, to The, the Throw. Throw. All right. Welcome to The Throw with... Levi. And Jordan. We are super excited. This is our first episode. We're very excited to be here. Uh, and, and we're going to kick off, full disclosure, we just uh, watched the Cubs beat the Brewers. 5-4. to four. It was an amazing game. It was an amazing game. Opening day. For Major League Baseball season, so so there's a couple other games going on right now, but we're gonna block those out, and we're gonna talk about our projections for this baseball season, and then at the end we're going to kind of do a couple of quick hitters. The big Kansas comeback in the national championship sure. game, the lawsuits in the NFL, Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, and of course the Lakers, the Lakers, being eliminated. man, holy cow, yeah, crazy. So let's jump into baseball first, Levi. What is your World Series prediction for this season? I got to go with a team from the National League for sure because you have the Dodgers stack team powerhouse. They are they are my favorite to win the World Series. I think again it is going to be an NLCS between the Braves and the Dodgers. Again, like 3 years in a row. Yeah. Wow. I think the Braves are going to win the NL East again. I think it's going to go all the same way. Interesting. Who who you got from the AL who's going to fall to the Dodgers in the World Series? Don't know it. I'm still thinking on that one. Like I cannot. Like I don't know. Like, yeah, I hear it, you. It's probably gonna be the Blue Jays though, because like I mean, you got Vladdy Jr. You have oh, like good pitching. You have everything. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and like I mean, the, the teams that have been good in the AL for the last few years. Um, there, there's some there's some lumps being taken there. You know, there's there's no counting out the Yankees. I think the Yankees can absolutely be there. Um, I think the Red Sox are a good team, um, but not a great team necessarily. Um, adding Trevor Story certainly adds a little pump to their lineup, which they need. Um, but we'll, we'll see. The uh, I, I got to go with the Blue Jays too, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Braves over Blue Jays. And I know, like, so, so I'm a we brave are, too. Like, yep, we are, we are Braves, Braves fan, fans. We love the Braves here. So you know, it, it's hard to kind of you know go against that urge. Yeah, but like, so I'm embracing it, Levi. I'm just going all with it. I'm just going in. I would love to see the Braves go back to pack, but I don't think they can do it with the Dodgers adding Freddie. It's going to be hard playing the Dodgers this season, the Braves and Dodgers. Like, yeah. The Braves, like, especially, like, the, I feel like some of the teammates will be emotionally hit by Freddie leaving, and Freddie might not perform as good. The Braves might not perform as good. Yeah. Of course, as Acuna said today, he... He doesn't miss him. He doesn't miss... Yeah, that's yeah. interesting, wasn't it? It's kind of a strange, strange little uh, take there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the the World Series is going to be. It, it, I, I'm with you. I think the National League is just loaded. Um, n- neither one of us mentioned the Mets. Uh, and the and we, Mets, yeah, they could make yeah a run. They can make a run. Easy. It all hinges to me on Jacob Degrom. Every bit of it hinges on Jacob Degrom. Can Carlos Carrasco really nail down that that kind of that starting pitcher spot, um, the fourth hole in that rotation? Because that they they need they need starting pitching to really stand up um, if they're going to make a deep run this year. Um, so we'll get a little bit more to them later on. So, so you're taking Dodgers over Blue Jays. That's your pick? Yes. And I'm going to go Braves over Blue Jays. So we both have the Blue Jays. Man, that team is just stacked. Like you look at it and it's like there's no weakness. Top to bottom, they've got pitching. They've got obviously a, a great lineup. Their bullpen is solid. Uh, I just I don't know where the weakness is on that team. Um so that that's a we're both locked in on the Blue Jays. You know, neither one of us mentioned the Astros either. The Astros team is certainly depleted. Yeah, 
th- I couldn't see them making it that far. I could see them making the postseason, just not that far. Yeah. If they make the postseason. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, so here, what is what team do you think is going to be the biggest surprise this year? What team that people aren't aren't really thinking about or talking about do you think is going to be um, a team that can come out and make some noise this year? I could see the Cardinals. Yeah. Them adding back Pujols, like, yeah. that is going to be a good team. That is going to be fun to watch. An inspired an inspired Albert Pujols, maybe, in his, in, in, in you know, like, this maybe his last season. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Like, All right, hit me. I think this is going to be his last season. With him signing a one-year deal, that is, like, a hinty hint to that. Like, yeah, I think And right. the team that he started with, like. Yeah. And he's old. He's, like, the oldest player in the MLB right now. Like. Yeah, you finish it where it started kind of thing. He's, like. 384 years old, you know. Yeah. It, it's over. No, yeah, I, I think you're probably right. That team has a lot of firepower, too. I mean, Nolan Arenado is is, sure. is no slouch. I mean, there, there are some great players on that team. Um, the ageless wonder, Adam Wainwright, you know, you just you do get that sense that, that this could potentially be a kind of a magical, like, swan song almost for Albert Pujols. What about... Uh, you know, I could almost... I kind of think of the Angels being in that kind of category yeah. as a surprise. Yeah. Like Shohei Otani, Mike Trout. Like those are two like stars that click. Yeah. So so that was actually going to be my choice was the Angels, which is kind of it's isn't it crazy that we're putting the Angels as like the 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 biggest surprise because like I mean for all intents and purposes they should be good. Like yeah, this team should have, be good. Like, they're players. Like yeah. they should be good. Like that. but with with the uh, with obviously. You know, Shohei Otani with another excellent, you know, another excellent campaign. Um, Mike Trout, healthy, hopefully for most of this season. Um, you got Anthony Rendon out there. Um, the pitching staff really has to take that step. And they've got a couple of really good young guys, Rodriguez and, and Reed Detmers, and a couple of these guys that if they can just take that one little baby step up, um, I think they could be a huge surprise. I think they could be awesome. What about your biggest disappointment? What team do you see? Being the biggest disappointment. I know I have the Dodgers over the Blue Jays, but like I could see the Dodgers being a disappointment. Yeah, it's so much like firepower, so much great pitching, so much great hitting. I could see bad chemistry getting in the way of them actually winning games. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I mean, because there's so much hype and, and excitement about them. I think it's going to be more of a less of a disappointment, more of uh, more. Uh, what's the word for it? You know, like. Um, Maybe underachieving a little bit. No, like a expectation, like expected. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be expected. They're going to play exactly how they're expected to. They're going to get 100 wins this season. That's going, to, that's going to be how it ends up. Okay, I got you. So for mine, for disappointment, I mean, I think i got to go to the Mets. Like, I, it, it, and we were talking Jake about this earlier. Yeah, I mean, it all hinges on Jake DeGrom. Like, and, and to me, it's like that, that team. Max Scherzer. I mean, right. he's getting old. Yeah, gosh, was he like seventy four, seventy five at this point? No, I mean, but he is. I mean, he's he's like, how much longer can he play at an elite level um, and and carry a team? I mean, he's done that for you know the last four or five seasons now. Obviously, Jake Degrom. I mean, there's not even. I, I don't even. I haven't seen anything about a timetable. Like, I I don't even know what's going on with him. Um, and as a fantasy baseball player that has Jacob Degrom on my team, it's like not good. Come on, man. Um, but I mean, the rest of that rotation is is un- unproven. I mean, Chris Bassett's a great pickup from the A's. Uh, is a great top end, you know, starter. But can can he, you know, if if Jacob Durham can't pitch for most of the season, and if Scherzer deals with any sort of inconsistency or injury issues, 
is Bassett the guy that can carry you? And can McGill and, and Carrasco, like, can, can they lead you to win the division against Zach Wheeler and the Phillies and against that vaunted Braves lineup? I, I just don't think so. And I think yeah. there's enough young players on that team that are unproven um, in, in face of real competition that I just it, it, you got to prove it to me before I believe it. Mm-hmm. That's where I am on that. All right, what about MVP predictions? Who do you think in the NL is going to win the MVP? I think it's going to be between Ronald Acuna Jr., mm-hmm. even though he's probably not – he's going to miss the first few weeks of the season, but I strongly think that Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to be up there. I think Mookie Betts will be up there. Mm-hmm. I think I, – those are my two that I have running for for it at both. Yeah. No, I think that's good. I, I, I'm, I'm very, very confident in Ronald Acuna Jr. as well. Um, especially, I mean, it sounds like he's already feeling like he can come back and play. Um, At least his DH, like, for a while. Right. And then he... Right. Him and Azuna can switch. Yep, yep. And like, then he can get out in the outfield. And, and then. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, the the other, you know, player that I think could, could just pop this season, um, not that he didn't pop last season or the season before that, but that's Fernando Tatis. I mean, like, I think he is right there. Uh, so, to me, it's Acuna or Tatis, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um there's always a chance that Freddie could jump up there and and steal that spotlight. Um, you know, there, I there's. I don't want to choose Freddie though because he's like that. I don't know. He just he's a traitor in my mind. Yeah, <laughs> as Braves fans, you know, we, we who. But the, I mean, the Dodgers also are going to cannibalize themselves, right? I mean, because Trey Turner's out there, he's a baller. I mean, those three guys. I mean, they're they're going to just they're going to steal votes away from each other almost because they're all on the same team. You know, so that, that's why to me it's like it's Acuna. And Tatis. What about in the AL? Who you got? Oh man, that is a tough one. I, you know, I could see Shohei Otani winning it again. Yeah. Like, cause two way powerhouse. He is a, a good, great pitcher. Good. Yeah, I would say good, but he is a great pitcher. Yeah. He, he's young. He can, he can hit too. He hit like what forty six home runs last 46 year. Forty six last year. Yep. I could see him. I could even see Mike Trout, maybe. If he's healthy, I could see yeah. Mike Trout winning it. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. Both Trout, Angels. Trout is my sleeper pick for, for MVP, um, which is crazy to think. But, I mean, like, if he comes back and just has a steady Mike Trout year, you know, where he's hitting 40 home runs and batting 310 and driving in 120, that takes the pressure off Otani, too. You know, like, that 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 alleviates the pressure on that whole lineup. And with him healthy, hopefully, for again, for most of the season, you know, we could we could really see Mike Trout pop with Rendon guarding him in the lineup and, and Otani um, making an impact in that lineup. That could be a lot of fun. Um, Vlad Jr. I was just about to say, Vlad Jr. is the other one that could just really run away with that almost. Yeah. He is a slugger. He is. Man, he's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. He is fun to watch. Uh, what about Cy Young uh, in the NL? Who you got? Oh, I think we would all – or most all of us could pick Jacob DeGrom if he was healthy, if yeah. he would stay healthy. Yeah, agreed. Have we seen anything like him? I mean, he is just, gosh, he's so dominant. But He has high-velocity pitching. He just overpowers. Man, yeah. He is so good. But he's hurt, so I mean, we, we so, would have to assume that he's probably not going to get much of a season. So who do you got instead? I could see... Corbin Burns didn't he win it last year? I think so. Yeah, I mean, and he's go a, back to back. I yeah, could, I could see that. He's a talented. He's probably my next one for the NL. I, I've got uh, I've got two names. Um, Walker Bueller for sure could just 
run that there's a there's a part of me that thinks Walker Bueller might run away with it. Like that, that he might he might have it locked down two thirds of the way through the season. Like it because again, you know, Jake DeGrom, um, Max Scherzer's getting old, playing for the Mets. Um, and you know, there, there's a couple other young guys, you know, in the in the league. Um, you know, Urias from the Dodgers also. Uh Max Fried um could come back and, and make a splash there. But I, I just and, and of course Burns, even Woodruff for the uh for the Brewers. There's a bunch of good pitchers in the NL, but I just I think Walker Buehler could run away with it. What about in the AL? Who you got? It is a tough choice. Like I mean, there's good pitching in the AL. I mean, I feel like I don't know. Garrett Cole could be up there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, very much so. I was thinking uh, Bieber from the uh, um, from the Guardians. Like I think. I think Shane Bieber could really, really, really make a a, a splash this year and and like kind of take that next step. And we've all we've all you know thought of him as being a top tier top tier pitcher for for the last couple of years. Um, but I could see him just running away with it. I could see him you mm-hmm. know t- because you know we've seen some shakiness from Garrett Cole the last you know last couple of years here and there, just in spurts. You know, he's kind of streaky. He'll go on this hot streak and he'll you know win a bunch of games in a row and strike out everybody and their sister. And then he'll have just games where he gives up five or six runs back to back to back, you know. Um, so that's where I kind of I think Bieber is just solid, fundamentally sound. He's got a lot of confidence. Um, I think he could be the guy to to take the mantle essentially as one of the best pitchers in the AL. Mm-hmm. All right, designated hitter in the National League. How you feel about it? See, I I kind of have mixed feelings about that, like. I don't know. I kind of liked it. I, I, I think it would have been interesting to see the AL adopt. Pitcher <laughs> All right, yeah, there you go. That'd be. Yeah, make Zach Grinky hit. <laughs> yeah, I want to see Justin Verlander hit you, more. But like, if they would have kept that, the Angels could be dominant because they could pitch Shohei on Otani on the few games they would have to play National League teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. They could work their rotation out that way if they could get that going. Um, yeah, but I, I, I think it's positive. For my Braves, I think it's positive, like because you have Marcelo Zuna coming oh, back gosh. from all that stuff. Yeah, there are some teams that you're just like, wow, they really, you know, the, the, it gives them an extra bat in the lineup and and makes them even more dangerous. And they had the the room to go sign that player. Um, you know, the the Dodgers, you know, keep the train rolling on in their lineup. Um, as a as a kind of a traditionalist and an NL guy, I'm gonna miss it. I'm gonna miss those moments of watching, you know, guys like. Um, Oh, Bartolo Colon, go up there and rake. Max Fried hit two seventy something last year. Um, it would like watching like your favorite six foot four, six foot five, tall, skinny pitcher. Yeah, yeah. Max Fried, uh, go up there and hit a home run. Right, like it, like one home run. Like it's like a yeah, almost a once in a lifetime thing. Like, like what's the most a pitcher that's not a two way player have in their career as a home run? Like. Oh gosh! I mean, Mike Hampton, I think had like seven one year. Um, when he, I think that was with, I don't remember if that's with he was with the Astros or with the Mets. It was kind of in between. It was before he got to the Braves, um, but he had one of those seasons where he went like twenty two and four as a pitcher and still hit seven home runs or something like that. It was something stupid. Um, but I mean, like yeah, I mean, like not having that, you know, the pinch hit situation and the pitchers hitting, like you 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 miss out on those games. What was it a, a couple years ago? Was it Jake Degrom or was it? 
Madison Bumgarner, one of them, like they won like one to nothing in the one run that their team scored was their own home run, something like that. I mean, the, the like those moments like that, they're just wow, they're so crazy, and you know we're we're gonna miss those, which which stinks. However, but I have another thing about this. Yeah, like it's got it's gonna close a lot of options for other pitchers to step up and them gain like opportunities in the big leagues. Because think about it, if like you're wearing your pitchers down, the more that like if they bat, that's less like that's more energy being used. Mm-hmm. They're being a DH and them not having to bat. That's of course they're they're gonna have like there's gonna be more energy for them to be pitching longer. Right, that's possibly true. more games. Yeah, and like because like you saw like with the Braves in the postseason, like they signed all these guys and they came out of nowhere. Yep, yep. Like it does. Even some of their pitchers, like like some relief pitchers, like. Right. Came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. all of a sudden, Will Smith was pitching, like, four innings. Like, he'd pitched, like, four innings, th- three, four, like. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're 100% right. I think the other impact it's going to have is it, it, it. some of those bench jobs in the NL, like some of those guys that are, like, utility infielders and, and backup outfielders and stuff, they're not going to have uh, – they're not going to have as many opportunities to get up. Yeah, they're not going to they're not going to have as many at-bats. Um, you know, because any game in the NL, you go into it, even if your pitcher, you know, goes – six innings, you know, you're going to have at least two pinch hitters um, almost every game, uh, sometimes three or four. And when you know, when your bench has five or six guys on it that can you know, that can step in and pinch hit, then, like, the, you know, those guys getting those at-bats every couple of days, like, that really helps. That really matters. Um, so I think the, the bench play, we'll have to see. I don't know what the statistics say for the AL and what that looks like when, when guys that are, you know, essentially backups um, – come in and play and get at bats what their average is compared to in the NL but I have to think that you know in the NL that's an advantage being able to bring somebody in to to you know to stay fresh more often but mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know what what's next Levi that was that was our baseball preview right that's nice a good 18 minutes yeah yeah of, of just talking talking baseball. talking baseball yeah so what what we got a couple we got of things we're gonna hit Kansas comeback uh all right y'all so I'm, I'm a Tar Heels went fan. down yeah. bro so, so Levi here is a Duke fan I'm a Tar Heels fan um so we've had our moments this season um and the past few seasons but um I, I could not be more proud of the Tar Heels this season and the effort they put in couldn't be more proud of the the run that they made at the end and really the kind of the character and the resolve and the toughness that they showed um, I thought that was what was so spectacular and special um, Kansas is a stud I mean they, like those teams are just those guys are studs Everyone, the coach is good too Bill Self is Bill a Self good is an coach. excellent coach and <clears throat> excuse me like four or five of those guys on that Kansas roster are potential NBA players, you know? For sure. I mean, a, a, a jobby, you know, and, and like there, there's a handful of them that are just excellent players. And I, I think with with that much talent, you just couldn't hold them down for too long. When you live by the three, you die by the three. Kind of live by the three for the last two months of the season. And when you shoot 21% from three-point range... Ain't got nothing else to do. ...against a team as talented as Kansas... It's not going to get it done, and I think they just they came up just a little bit short. I think there's no discounting the um, there's no discounting the Baycott injury at the end. I mean, I thought that was uh, just absolutely heartbreaking. He had to go use the bathroom that Duke game. I, as a Duke fan, I think he had to go use the bathroom. <laughs> Which was his ankle? He had to go pee. Like he, he, he literally out. like 
he I, I saw like that looked like a painful roll the way he landed. It but did. like it then did. he like he was jogging off like he was running off to the locker room, back yeah. room, the tunnel. Yeah. So I think you know that that roll where he rolled his ankle at the end of the the Kansas game. You know it. It was heartbreaking because he had the angle. I mean, he had the clear path. There's nobody on that side to help. There's no help defense rolling over. They lost by three, though. But they were down by one when he went down, and he had a clear path. So if he makes that, then they're up by one. If he gets fouled, they're potentially tied or up by one. And if he doesn't get hurt, he's still in the game because the basket, the the two-pointer that Kansas scored right after that to go up by three was McCormick just bullying Manic out of the way. Manic is nowhere near as big and strong as Baycott, and McCormick just had his way with him and scored easily down low at the other end. Like so so even if even if Baycott misses, it's not necessarily a three point Kansas lead if Baycott's still in the game to play defense the next possession. So uh, that doesn't win or lose the game, but it's certainly you know I mean Kansas played a heck of a second half. Yeah. Just for the tough tournament finish. I gotta give it to Baycott. Like he really went out and played yeah. his butt off. Yeah. Even I mean, as a Duke fan, I will say that he – did you see that video at the end of the game? He, uh, Coach K, he, like, went up to Baycott and said, you were my player this year. Really? Yeah. Wow. He, Coach K went up to Baycott and said that. That's crazy. You were I my hadn't player seen that. this year. I had to check that out. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, isn't it fun? Like, that Final Four, that's what we deserve, right? I mean, all four of those teams have championship, championship pedigree. They're blue bloods. They, they represent – you know, slightly different regions. I mean, you know, obviously Carolina and Duke both being from Carolina, I mean, but, you know, you got Kansas, you got Villanova up north. Um, you know, I mean, you had some, some the the right teams were there, and you just felt that. The Elite Eight, I also, like, I think that was a good Oh, man, good it was a blast. Eight. How about St. Yeah. Peter's? So cool. So cool. And, like, three of their players just transferred. <laughs> the head coach got a job, got the job at uh, Seton so, Hall, and yeah. three of their players just transferred out, so... Uh, anyways, go Peacocks. What's next? <laughs> uh, we got the lawsuits in football. Oh, man. All that Jeez. hurts for my Dolphins. Like, Yeah, yeah. So Levi's a Dolphins fan. Jordan over here is a Titans fan. I'm a Titans fan. So now we're both involved in this. And, you know, the... the you know my struggle. The Titans, yeah. The struggle is real. The Titans got pulled into it today. Um, back when Mike Malarkey got hired in 2016. Um, and Ray Horton was considered... But it sounds like the decision had already been made to hire Mike Clarkey. I will say it seems a little like this is that situation. That of. situation specifically is one where it's a little, a little strange because Mike Malarkey had been the interim coach for at least half of the previous season. So Mike Malarkey was already in play as the the, the interim head coach. So it like it seems like it would be a tough hill to climb for somebody to to oust him and if they already felt like they had what they needed you know in in hiring him then making them go through interviews is certainly you know it's just a step there's a box they have to check which is where the spirit of the rule kind of just being nice to the right right then you don't hire him and then it's kind of like right so like it's a it's like the spirit of the law versus the letter of the law like are you following the spirit of the law or are you following the letter of the law you know so like it's if you know you have your guy, then, you know, and, and this guy is, is the guy that you think is going to be good. And it turned out that Mike Malarkey was good. They fired him, but he went 9-7 and seven for two straight seasons and won a playoff game against the Chiefs. Um, so, like, they, they were with, with Marcus Mariota. The Brian Flores thing seems far more malicious. Not that any of this is good. We need more black head coaches in the NFL. When 70% of the league is, is black, we need more diversity at the coaching ranks and the coordinator ranks we do 100 percent. the dolphins one the 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 giants one seems just silly 
when when they essentially decided on Brian Dable before even finishing the other interviews, they didn't have an interim coach. So it's just a weird situation. It's heartbreaking um, for the NFL. It's heartbreaking for these coaches. Um, Brian Flores is an excellent coach. I mean, you're a Dolphins fan. You know. Mm-hmm. He took you know, he took your team and transformed it into a team that is a good team. Respectable. Like- and yeah. And even when they lost all those games in a row, was it were they like one and seven to start the oh, season? Yes. And then they came back and won seven games in a row. It's like that is such a difficult thing for anyone to do, much less a head coach that you're just gonna can, you know, the the very next offseason. But it was the um Bill Belichick did the text yeah. that he sent it to the wrong Brian. Oh my that- gosh. Yeah. Started the but whole... you know what? Sometimes that's how justice comes about, right? Accidental justice, you know? And and, and there needs to be justice. I mean, like people, these owners need to be held accountable for this. It's outrageous, and, and I'm glad that they're doing something about it. Hopefully they do enough. And hopefully what's really going to matter is the owners just have to change their mindset. The owners have to actually care and try rather than just checking boxes. For sure. So, All right, so the Lakers this week got eliminated from playoff contention it, it oh my gosh it's heartbreaking but also kind of like eh, like it's kind of it was kind of expected yeah towards the end there i mean it was just every day every couple of days you look on there and check the score of the lakers game oh look what's gonna play lost 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 oh, lost and they lost by play. 10 12 right i mean it, it, i remember one time walking on the street I'm just kidding, this didn't actually happen. But like one time, walking down the street, and you walk around the corner in the alley, and there's a dumpster on fire. That's what the Lakers were all season long. <laughs> I mean, all season. They started pretty strong. They were, what, in third or fourth place in the West at one point earlier in the season? They were, I, they were like, I don't know, I kind of always doubted their championship hopes. Like. Yeah. Even then, it was, it felt like a, it felt faulty. Like, even then, it felt like it was, you know, not, not enough. Um, it didn't feel like they had the defense. They didn't have enough shooting. Um, and could all those space eaters coincide? Like, could Anthony Davis and LeBron James and Russell Westbrook, who all drive to the rim and clog the paint, could they could they work together? And the answer is no. I, I think now the question is, like, what do you do? Like, what do you go? You know, I want to bring in some what ifs to the situation. Like, right. what if they got Buddy Heald? What if they got DeMar right. DeRozan? Yeah, what if they got Buddy Heald instead of? Would DeRozan be as good as he is with the Bulls if he went through the Lakers? Ooh. Ooh. I don't know. I don't think he would. I don't think he would. I think he'd be good. I think he would be a better fit for them than Russell Westbrook. But also, the other what if that I have is what if Frank Vogel and LeBron and AD and Rob Palenka had set down early in the season with Westbrook and said, you're the sixth man. You're going to Manu Ginobili this. Like, you're, you're going to come in and and for for all those minutes every game where, you know, like where, where LeBron's not playing or AD's not playing, we're going to run everything through you. But when LeBron's on the court, you're not going to play as much, you know? So, so like, hey, Russell Westbrook, we're going to play LeBron, you know, 40 minutes a game, sometimes 38. We're going to play you 30 to 32 minutes a game. So you're going to get your run, and most of those 32 minutes, not most of, but a, a decent amount of those 32 minutes, at least half of them, are going to be without LeBron on the court. And you just go be Russell Westbrook. And that keeps LeBron fresh, that keeps AD fresh, and Russell Westbrook can just go out there and soak up the entire game like he does. He's like a sponge. You just drop a sponge on a wet basketball court, and everything, just all that water comes like sopping into him. That's what, that's what Westbrook is. 
the Buddy Heald situation is a, is a is a interesting one. Um, what they really, I mean, they got they wanted him as a scorer. That would have been interesting. A Patty Mills trade would have been interesting. Um, but the, uh, the the real thing to me was defense. They needed to play better defense. They, did, they had old legs and old bodies and injury prone athletes, and they just they just didn't have enough defensive intensity. You know, you can go out there and score 110 points, but you got to be able to like get able to defend on the other end. And in this in this league, especially with all those really good high volume scores, they should have it. But there's another thing about it, like it's that um, I don't know, like the what ifs. Did you hear about what LeBron said about wanting to play with Curry? Like, yeah, that he would rat, like. What? Saying yeah. That after getting like the day was the last night they just got eliminated. Yeah. The day after they got eliminated, dude. Like, how could I, you say that? I know. Like, and, about and, your like. Yeah, and his response and Curry's response was like, "I'm good." And why would he? I mean, like, you know, in, on his team and his setup, like Curry's the man. Like, I mean, Curry plays with proven players that he knows how to play with, with a coach that he knows how to play with, and everything. I mean, I love LeBron. You know, I think LeBron's the best basketball player of all time. That being said. LeBron is is the same way. LeBron is a sponge. Like, everything that happens on the court runs through LeBron, offensively and defensively. Heck, even in the front office and on the bench, who the coach is is determined by LeBron. You know, apologies Every, to Ty Lue. LeBron is the GM. He is. He, he is pretty much is. He's the GM of any team he goes to. And I think he has to own this, and this is going to, unfortunately, because of the you know the, the way that social media is today and, and the way that the way that we kind of like canonize some of the older players without really fully understanding their flaws and stuff. We, these days we have more access to players. We have more uh, insight into who they are and what they do off the field and, and the, the, the relationship within the team. And I think what we're going to, unfortunately, long-term, the impact on LeBron's legacy is going to be negative from this in a way that, you know, the, the, kind of some of the impact between, you know, like Kareem and Magic back in the day, and, and their relationship wasn't always so perfectly good either. And we don't really think about that or consider that or worry about that, you know? So LeBron James' actions and the things he says, like wanting to play with Steph Curry and bringing Russell Westbrook in, demanding that they, you know, that they bring Russ in, those things, it just, it, he's going to have to own it. He's going to have to wear it. So it's a dumpster fire. One more thing I wanted to bring up. Yeah, man. So it's about LeBron and who he's going to play for. So you know how he, he said, like, a few months ago, he said, the la- like, I will play with my son before I retire. Yeah. So, first off, do you think that'll happen? No. I, I think his son is a good ball player, but not a great ball player. And uh, essentially the only way that he's going to get, that, that Bronny is going to make it to the NBA. Is a team wants LeBron. Exactly. That's exactly right. A team is going to want LeBron, and and the the bottom line is that's at least two years from now, right? Maybe three. So I think LeBron can hold up for that long, though. I think he might be able to hold up, but like, what what kind of player is he going to be? Is he going to hold up to the point where a team will go out of their way to spend a draft pick, or not only spend a draft pick, they might just you know, but to roster a player that they don't think is very good to have an aging and you know, I mean, balding. Yeah, Le- <laughs> gray bearding LeBron. I mean, LeBron's defense is is still good for a thirty 
eight year old or whatever it is, thirty seven year old, but it's not anywhere close to what it was even three or four years ago. He just doesn't have the same, you know, the, the same giddy up. And that's not his fault. I mean, he's, he's getting old. It is what it is. It's not like playing quarterback where you just, you know, you hike the ball six times and stand there. You know, like, I mean, Tom Brady can get away with it because he just, they hike it to him. He either hands it off, stands there for four seconds and throws it. Those are the two scenarios, you know. So it, it's a lot harder for LeBron going out and playing 40, 40 minutes a game up and down the court against some of the best athletes in the world. So I don't think it's ever going to happen. I would love it to. I think it would be awesome if it happened. But I don't know that it will. So that – do you think the Lakers will be the last team he plays for? Or if he does, it's still good and a team spends a draft pick on a bad player and he gets to play with his son, and do you think that will be the last team he plays for? Or do you think the Lakers will be the last team he plays for if that doesn't happen? I think he wants to stay in LA. I think he's he is settled down. I don't think he. I don't think he feels like he has anything else to prove. Um, I, I think at this point, except he's, for the all-time scoring. Time. Yeah, and he'll get that next year, regardless of who he plays for. I, I think he's got a home there. His family's established there, um, and I think his business interests are there. Like so, his. I mean, he, he's got all these different kind of. You know, he's a mogul now. He's moved past like that sports. You know. Icon status, and he's in mogul territory. He's a businessman. He's a he, businessman. He is a full-on businessman, especially him managing the, the Lakers as much as he is now. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, and and I could see him, I could see him signing an extension, playing there for a couple more seasons, and then being done. I think he know, will finish with the Lakers. He's almost like, but then again, he surprised me. He's before. almost like a Udonis Haslam, like experience. Yeah, except. LeBron's actually good. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Like, what What if? I mean, because Udonis is such an icon with the Heat and has been since, you know, before LeBron was there. Yeah, I mean, like when, when Dwayne Wade and Shaq were facing Dirk. You know, like, so with with that, it's like, do you see a scenario where LeBron, excuse me, takes less pay and goes to a less intense role? Or do you think he has to be the guy? Like, do you think he would play past being the superstar? Would he be able to just be a role player like Carmelo now? I don't know that he would. I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be fun to watch. He could be a huge asset. I just don't know that he could do it. There's one last thing I want to go over before we hit Tiger Woods. All right. It's about Albert Pujols. Yeah. Of course, me and you both think he's going to retire this year. Yep, yep. But what, like... My dad made a point where he said, with the NL bringing in the DH, he could play for a few more years. He could. He like, could. And he put up decent numbers. Yeah. But, I mean, to be fair, he was in the American League for the last couple of years with the Angels prior to coming over to the Dodgers last season. And he was DHing most of the time there. And still wasn't. I mean, he would he would crank 20-some home runs maybe, but, I mean, his average wasn't near what it was before. He can't leg out those doubles. And the bottom line is Albert Pujols hits into the shift a lot. And he has not figured out, for all of his greatness, he has not figured out how to beat the shift. And, you know, so it, I think I would love to see Albert Pujols play for as long as he wants to. I, I do think he's probably about done. If I had to, if I had to guess, I'm thinking this is his last season. Yeah, but do you think he'll retire midseason? You know, that would be interesting. We we had talked about this before we started recording. Like, what if he gets in and the first home run he hits with the Cardinals, he retires the next day? You know, that's certainly that would certainly be a possibility. But I what could I would see like that. to see is this be 
like if he retired like after that home run, I would like to see it be like a thing set up. Maybe like that weekend. Yeah. Like it'd be a set up thing where they they empty the Cardinal Stadium, right? Yeah. And then they have like a whole retirement ceremony. That'd be awesome. And it's like all of the good like teammates that he played for, like the you know the ones he was known for playing with, like yeah, the Angels, yeah, like the Cardinals. I mean, he played for the Dodgers for what two months, two and a half months, something like that. I mean, he did good. I think he did pretty good for him. I mean, yeah. watching him play, yeah, he did fine. Well, and I, and I think I could see Albert Pujols moving up into a like front office role. I could see him becoming uh, like a, a a kind of a. <sighs> kind of a regular presence in the same way that like right now um you know right now we've got chipper jones and andrew jones involved with the brace but more more kind of to the point when hank aaron was still working for the brace before he passed you know he was doing a lot of work with major league baseball but also with the Braves specifically as like an ambassador and stuff mm-hmm. albert pools is an iconic player not he could just be a scout a recruiter yeah like he could be a public relations guy he could just be an ambassador for the team um, you know, he could be a, a coach if he wants to. I mean, he is he is such a good guy and such a kind of a a wealth veteran, of knowledge. Yeah. Like, he's saying he's wise and has wisdom makes him sound old, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. It We're is. talking Albert Pujols. I know. He's the man, the machine. He's the man. I mean, how many home runs does he have for his entire career? Oh, gosh. He's like, he's up close to 700, isn't he? He's getting close. I would he's like, like to six... see him hit 700, though, before he retires, though. Like, yeah. I would love to see that. Yeah. And be a part of that few 700 club. Man, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. That would be very cool. And, and like, I remember I was telling you before, like, like watching him start the season with, like, these crazy, um, like, these crazy stretches, like, at the beginning of a season um, that, like, where he hit, you know, 13 like, home 13 home runs in, like, 14 or 15 games, something like that. I mean, it was just nuts. Like, I think he could, he could absolutely do that. Um, he's at... Let's see. He is at for his career. Um, he is at six hundred and seventy nine home runs. So he needs twenty one. He could do it. He could, he do, could it. do it before he retired. He could easily do it. That'd I'd be say awesome. he's either going to retire after his first home run, maybe his first few home runs, maybe his first few games. He might not even hit a home run. But if I was him, I would at least go out on a home run. Yeah. But is he either that, or he's going to go for that twenty one and then retire? That'd be cool. That'd be awesome. That'd be so cool. All right, last thing on the docket. We got Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, man. He's back in the Masters. Masters started today. Uh, he shot one under. And, uh, I mean, he had uh, a few birdies, a couple bogeys, but he did he did pretty well. Um, I think the bigger kind of – the bigger story here is just what Tiger Woods means to golf, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like – His when, legacy to all of sports in general. Yes, like, I agree. I mean, I don't know that there has been – His length – his, yeah, like, yeah, but I don't know that there's greatness. been another single athlete that has been, you know, like so like tied to their sport. One athlete, like, because you think about the greatest in other sports, like you know, when you think basketball, I mean, yeah, you think LeBron, uh, you think LeBron James, you think Michael Jordan, you think Michael Kareem. Jordan played baseball for two years, though. Or, That's the thing. Yeah, and and I mean, like those guys, you know, as great as they are, they weren't like the singular driving force. Basketball was popular before LeBron got there. It was popular. Before Michael Jordan got there, it was popular. Before Steph Curry got there, it was popular. Before Magic and Bird showed up, it was popular. Before, like, it was popular Kareem. before even yeah, yeah, Kareem. yeah. I mean, people, you know, the, the, it, it was it was going on way, before way that. Back. Of course, golf has been popular for a long time. 
But I don't think there has been a single athlete who has driven their sport to such heights as Tiger Woods ever. I mean, when you think golf, you just think Tiger. One word, one name. The only other comp that I can get is, like, swimming with Michael Phelps. Like, would be, I mean, he has the dominant persona for that sport. So having Tiger back into the, back into the Masters, back into the field, and playing well. I mean, he had a good first round. Um, I think the he was three off the the lead when when his round ended. I'm not sure where they are right now, um, but I'll be looking forward to seeing how he finishes this this and Masters and going forward. I'm excited. I'm not much of a golf guy, but like it is, it's it's cool to see Tiger Woods back. Like I don't know, it's just kind of like I don't know. I feel like for the whole world, this is kind of a yeah thing. I mean it. I mean that wreck, like that almost took his life. Yeah, I mean times if two not, now. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say this, um, Tiger. D- don't do that to us anymore. Like no, no more car wrecks. No more, no more ha- like car wrecks. No more having to like you know come back stories things like that. Just, just don't don't put us through that anymore. You know, like we're we're good. We've done it a few times for you now, and let's just let's just let's just stay where we are at this point. You cool with that? Mm-hmm. And, well, and like you said before we started the recording, you were talking about like. What was it like to watch those guys? Because you mentioned, I mean, you know, being a young man, you didn't, like in the 90s, you didn't watch the big, like, down low post players in the prime, big man, like Hakeem Olajuwon and Shaq and David Robinson and Patrick Ewing. Like, if I could go back in time, as me being almost 12 years old, I could, like, I would want to see Hakeem Olajuwon play. Like, I would want to oh, see him play in the... Like watch him play for the Rockets, like that ninety three ninety four season when yeah. Michael Jordan wasn't there. Yeah, didn't they win it that? They, yeah. they won it that yeah. year. Yeah, I mean that that is a that's that's a. I mean, you made that point earlier about like not being able, like you know, what would it have been like to get to see that? Well, you're getting to see Tiger Woods. You know, like the I'm greatest. getting to see LeBron James, right. Steph Curry. Yeah, Tom Giannis, Brady. Tom Brady, and and you know like and Patrick Mahomes even. I mean, I know it's still early for him, but. I mean, and it's early for Giannis, like Even we said too. Some baseball, player. Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah, yeah, Ronald Acuna Jr. and and Fernando Tatis, right? Vladimir Guerrero, right? I know I'm bringing up all. The and that's why, right like, now. sometimes it's hard. We were talking about this earlier before we kind of moved down here to watch the the baseball games. Like, you know, if it's not a game that we love, sometimes it's it's hard to get into it. You can get a little distracted. Um, but that's the beauty of it is like there's so many good players, and like who are you watching that? It's just gonna like pop, you know. Like who are you watching that is just so like, watching the Dodgers this season? It's gonna be like yeah. now. Who are you gonna focus on in this infield right. or outfield? Like, yeah, this is gonna be like a it's uh, like a rock concert almost all game long. But just earlier we watched the Brewers and we got to watch Corbin Burns pitch, and it wasn't his greatest game ever, but he played well, you know. And again, you're getting to watch Corbin Burns, and there's no telling. I mean, 20 years from now, he might be in the Hall of Fame, you know. Who knows? So, but like what I was saying, um. But, like, we were saying, like, how basketball, like, they haven't, like, like LeBron, Michael Jordan, Steph Curry, they have, like, they're not tied to it as much as Tiger Woods is. Right. Like, I was going to say, if you go way, way back, like, if you think of somebody that's going to be, like, tied to basketball, like, when it, like, like when the NBA first started, you're thinking of, I'm thinking of George Mikan. Yeah. For, but like, from a standpoint of it being first star, like, his first season was, like, what, 47, 48? Yeah, something like that. Way back then. Way, way back then. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think you're right. I think the legacy of Tiger is much greater than you know how he actually performs at this point going forward. It's it's the enthusiasm and the excitement he brings to the Masters. I mean, when you watch him walk up to tee off, I mean, there's so much buzz in the grandstands. Um, and every time he goes to hit, to, to swing, it, it's like th- they, they cut away from whoever else they're watching, whoever's in the lead they don't care about. They want to watch Tiger, you know? And rightfully so, because, I mean, he's, he's earned it. He's established it. He's also brought... Excitement and drama to the to a <laughs> game sure. that can sometimes be a little boring. So, good on him. All right, anything anything else? Any closing thoughts before we head out? Uh, I cannot get my mind off of baseball right now. It's Heck opening yeah. day. Me and you, we both know each other as big baseball fans. Oh yeah, can't wait. I'm so excited, man. I'm so excited. I'm 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 hopeful. I'm cautiously optimistic as a Braves fan. Um, but I I we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Oh, and we got the um, got the Reds tonight. I'm excited about. I'm, he's not going to win MVP. I know this. He could get Silver Slugger though. Maybe. Who's that? Travis Darno. I want to watch. Like, yep. I'm excited to watch him. Catcher for the Braves. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we were talking about this earlier with the Braves lineup being, you know, one of the most potent in the NL or actually all of Major League. It's like you know when when your worst, not your worst, but your weakest hitters in a lineup are. You're a shortstop who hit 27 home runs last season, or 29 home runs, whatever it was, and your catcher who was Silver Slugger two years ago. That's a pretty good lineup. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can you can deal with that. So I'm I'm pretty optimistic. I got the Reds tonight. Hopefully uh, get off on the right foot. And uh, yeah, excited about some baseball, man. Run. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Yeah. I think we'll see you on the next episode, guys. All right. Thank you guys for joining us. See you next time on the throw.